0: Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. i want to make him an awful you. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Don't you understand, George? It's because you were not born. In film, church. Well, a, a boy's best friend is his mother. Look, I don't want to talk anymore about what's real and what's illusion. Life's too short to spend time thinking about life. Let's just live it.
1: Hello and welcome to Film Church Radio. This is the podcast that treats cinema as a religion. It's Sunday, I'm Lewis. And I'm Brandon. And we are here to talk about movies. Each week, Brandon and I alternate picking a film for us both to watch and discuss. This week, I picked The Purple Rose of Cairo from 1985, written and directed by Woody Allen and starring Mia Farrow and Jeff Daniels. Uh, Last week, we had done a full... Um, Greta Gerwig episode where we had discussed Barbie and Francis Ha um, and Noah Baumbach who directed that film had said that Woody Allen was a huge inspiration while making it um, which led me to choose this week's film Purple Rose of Cairo. I'm going to try and do this kind of linear like five, you know, five degrees of separation thing between all my picks from now on so there's some kind of line that connects the films that we're talking about each week um, so yeah, Purple Rose of Cairo is this week, um, and we'll get onto to that very, very soon. Um, and obviously listen to the end of the episode. So Brandon will be telling you what we'll be watching next week for Film Church. Um, I can't wait to find out, as always. It's the best part of my week. Um, but before we do get in and talk all things movies for the next hour or so, um, we'd like to say thank you to everyone who's been listening to the podcast um, and sending their love for the show, telling us that they're enjoying It, it means a lot. Um, if you want to get in touch and let us know what you think of the films, please do. Um, obviously, if you send us a message and let us know, we'll read it out on the show and kind of include you as part of it. And um, we'd love to get more of the congregation contributing week over week. Um, I think that's kind of where we want to end up. So if you do want to send us your thoughts on the films that we pick, please do. Um, and you can send them to us on, um, it's not Twitter anymore, I guess it's X, but we're still on there. We're on Instagram. Um, we're on Facebook, just search Film Church Radio and we'll pop up. Um, we'll we'll be able to see it. So go and do it over there. And obviously, you can leave us um, comments and stuff on Spotify as well. If you're listening via Spotify, there is a, um, a little tab of what did you think of the film um, that we watched this week. So you can just let us know in there and we'll get it, we'll see it, we'll read it, and we'll share it with the congregation. Um, and obviously on the Spotify as well, that is where we are. That's the platform that we're using. So if you listen on there, it'll really help us out. And um, we're trying to stay as ad-free as possible. We're trying to not, you know, clutter it with ads. Um, but obviously, that takes more people listening and more people sharing for us to do it that way. Um, so if you do want to share it and keep us ad-free, that would be wonderful. A little something for you, a little something for us. That's a good deal. And um, before we discuss the film this is the part of the show where we sing hymns um about the other films that we've been watching this week we sing the praises of some films or not the praises depending on what we've been watching (laughs) Um, and what we've done is i've written down if well we've got a few films that we each bring each week to kind of talk about apart from the main feature um so brandon why don't you hit us with some of the films that you've been watching my friend
0: i sure will um yeah, I've watched a f- like some really good films lately. Uh, one was Victoria. Um, this was suggested by my girlfriend Sarah, um, and I'm currently trying to find it on IMDb. I had not
1: heard about this film at all. When I was compiling the notes for this week's episode, I did not. I had no recollection of this ever being released.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like an indie film. Um, She has been listening to... uh, Is it films to be buried with? Yeah,
1: with Brett Goldstein.
0: Yes, she's been listening to that, so she's been telling me, like, different movies that people have been talking about. And Victoria was one that, uh, I guess, sounded really interesting to her Mm. uh, based on the discussion in one of the episodes. Uh, the description is a young Spanish woman who has recently moved to Berlin finds her flirtation with a local guy turned potentially deadly as their night out <clears throat> with his friends reveals a dangerous secret. Um, so a couple of things that are interesting about this film. yeah. Um, well, one, you know, there's nobody in it that, you know, you yeah. know. So it feels more real because, you know, it's not like it's Brad Pitt and then Margot Robbie. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And then two, it's all one shot. One continuous shot, no cutting. And it's not your like easy little like, oh, it's, you know, an hour and 20 minutes one shot. It's two hours and 18 minutes long. Wow. Wow. One shot. And it, and, and, and you travel with them. Like they, they yeah. go from, they kind of bar hop. They go to, they get in cars and drive around in cabs. And um, I just, it just felt very real. Yeah. Like it didn't feel like the actors were acting. Um, I didn't really read anything about the movie. I only, you know, heard what Sarah told me about it as far as the making of it. Um, Mm. They had already done like three or four takes or something like that. And then the the one that they ended up using was the very last one they did and it was kind of their last try because after that they were going to have to like, if they didn't get it right this last time, they were going to have to go back and try to get more funding to keep trying to get it right. Yeah, yeah. So they kind of nailed it on the last one. And yeah, the performances are amazing. Like I don't know. it's such a roller coaster of a movie in terms of like emotions and characters and um, everything that happens. I enjoyed the heck out of it. It was really good. And That's you know awesome. you know one take movies are kind of gimmicky sometimes. Um, but it did feel it wasn't like a hook necessarily. You know, it wasn't like a watch how we do it kind of a thing. It was more like it feels more it feels more like you're one of the friends just walking around.
1: Yeah, I feel. Yeah. With those one shots, if it's used in the right context, it can really add to the film. There's the um, the film from maybe last year or two years ago called Boiling Point, where it all takes place within like two hours in a restaurant. Yeah. And that is like used so that your heart rate doesn't drop like there's no right, yeah, yeah. Re, like it's just relentless you know yeah. um and that works really well
0: yeah it's it this one's interesting because it is it does have some touch it or large parts large sequences of the movie feel like what you're describing i haven't seen boiling point but i remember yeah. you talking about it um and then and then it also gives you time to kind of slow down a little bit too mm. um in interesting ways um but yeah, it it does it definitely feels like it. It adds something to the movie that wouldn't be there otherwise. Yeah. If it was done a different way. yeah, um, yeah so I, I thought it was amazing. Definitely yeah. worth a watch. I think it was on so on one of the free services. Uh, we might have watched it on there's like this app called Canopy. Mm -hmm. with a K, where you if you have a library subscription, it's kind of like getting a movie from a library, but you get it, stream it. You just got to put in your library card information. So that's kind of cool. I think it was on there. But yeah, yeah, really, really excellent film. I mean, I gave it five out of five. I was like, this is amazing. That's good.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm going to be honest. I haven't heard of any of the three films that you watched this week.
0: You haven't heard the last voyage of the Demeter? I haven't. Really? Yeah. You haven't even seen trailers? Nope. Um, I feel like I've seen the trailer a lot this year. Uh it is um the story of Dracula on the ship. Oh, okay. On his that way sounds good. To London. Yeah. That's where he's gone, right? London. England somewhere. Uh, England, yeah, somewhere in England. And, uh, yeah, so it's kind of like, um, it's kind of like Alien on a Ship. Oh, okay. Cause, wow. you know, there's this yeah. monster aboard, a stowaway. Yeah. Uh, trailer looks, looked way better than the movie. I was a bit disappointed oh. with the movie. It, the first, like, hour is, is pretty good, it sets everything up really well. I like the characters. And then at some point, I'm just like, I don't care about these characters anymore. Stop talking. Yeah. Yeah. Give me Dracula killing people, please. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and yeah, I mean, I don't want to spoil anything for anybody that hasn't seen it, but I would, you know, it's worth a watch. Like the visually it looks good. You know, the, the ship looks amazing and costumes look amazing. I just feel like it just wasn't exactly what I wanted Yeah. based on the trailer and, and stuff. It's got uh, Dave DeSmallchin in it, and a character that is um, a lot more normal than I'm used to him playing. Yeah, uh, which is cool to see. Um, but uh, he's almost unrecognizable. It's because he's not weird. <laughs> 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 you know what he I mean? Do, yeah, he he's d- like he does... not pale, and yeah, he's got a beard.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> and Corey Hawkins. I'm just looking through while you're talking as well. i I like Corey Hawkins. He's uh, He's done some good stuff.
0: Yeah, I'd be curious to see what you think. Like Dracula mm. himself is so creepy. Yeah. He looks absolutely yeah. terrifying in the movie. But you know, I I kind of wanted the opposite of Jaws. And they, they kind of went yeah. the Jaws way, you know, where it's mm-hmm. like, don't show him too much. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I kind of wanted it to be a little more like, I mean, he does toy with them a little bit, but I kind of wanted the whole movie to be, I just wanted it to center more on Dracula as a main character and kind of follow Dracula going around the ship. Whereas okay. it's more like yeah. staying with the characters and the, there's just a lot of dialogue of the characters being like, what could it be? Yeah. What is this black witchcraft? You yeah. know, yeah." and the whole time, you you know, they're just discussing too much like what it could be. And the whole time as an audience, you're just like, it's Dracula. Move on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it suffers from the same thing as the last hobbit movie where they stretch like a tiny bit of the book out as far as possible? Well, just... I mean
0: I don't know. It's like not necessarily. Cuz the premise is really great. You know, it's mm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, why I'm... you know, it's like it's it like Ooh. I said, it's alien except on a boat. Yeah. instead of I guess when you space. think of,
1: like, Nosferatu, that is probably the scariest part of the film, is the part on the boat. Mm, yeah. When he's, like, creeping around at night and stuff. Uh-huh. So it sounds like it should work, but it, it also sounds from your yeah, review that it just it, it doesn't. Yeah, it
0: just didn't work that well for me. I mean, yeah. Stephen King tweeted about it, and he said it was amazing. He loved oh, okay. it. okay. So um, I think he said something like it was, uh, I don't want to misquote him, but, he said something about it reminding him of like 70s horror movies.
1: Oh, that's cool. The look of the of the vampire. I mean, if if people want to look it up as well, if they haven't heard of it like me, um, he does look very Salem's Lot, mm. which I don't know if that's just me kind of associating because you mentioned Stephen King or not. But
0: apparently, Guillermo del Toro said I enjoyed Last Voyage of the Demeter so much. Gorgeous, lavish. And Savage. Ooh. Um, wow. Where's my Stephen King quote? Come on. I hate, like, after things come out, it's way harder to find them. I know, You If yeah, to read still, articles. It's like, yeah. just give me the source. Yeah. Let's see. I think I found it. Um, Stephen King. I was doubtful about Last Voyage of the Demeter, but it's a throat-ripping good time. It reminded me of the best of Hammer movies from the 60s and 70s. Ah,
1: uh, Okay.
0: Um cool. so yeah, I'd be curious to see what you think.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have to track it down. I love a little, good bit of uh, vampire action.
0: It's just like it's just one of those things what you know, where like um I don't know, it's like you know, sometimes I go to the cinema to to kind of push my boundaries, to kind of like yeah. expand my mind, to explore yeah. something intellectual or you know, discover a new world view. Um, and sometimes I go to the movies to just, like, get on a roller coaster. Yeah, yeah. Like, just to just to give me something that I this is, like, crazy and visually amazing yeah. and whatever. Turn your mind I think, off for a while. Yeah, and I think that's what I wanted out of this movie. Yeah. I think it tried to, I it tried to be both, and I, I just wanted Dracula killing people.
1: Yeah, there's nothing worse. I remember there was a book I was reading once, and I kind of figured out the twist about three chapters in and the rest of the book I was like I know I know what's happening like this yeah. is not like <laughs> and I guess once you kind of are aware of what's annoying you <laughs> it's it's so easy to just focus on it and just be like you yeah. know it's Dracula get on with killing people you know yeah. like let's get to the point that I want it to be at yeah yeah
0: yeah I just found myself getting more annoyed with the characters as the movie went on and yeah yeah anyway um, I would watch it again. I think I'd be curious to see what you think. Yeah, yeah. i
1: yeah, I'll add it to the list.
0: Um, and then the other movie I watched was the Foot Fist Way. Mm-hmm. Um, the Danny McBride debut. Okay. Okay, this is like uh, I I just I I watched it because. Well, one, Danny McBride is awesome. Yeah. Uh, two, I was listening to his interview on Smartless. Uh and he was they were talking about this movie. I I didn't realize, like I didn't I like Danny McBride, but I've never like kind of learned about his career yeah. and stuff. Um and I'm always interested in watching people's first films and like what kind of launched them. Yeah. Um and uh this this was a movie that he made with his buddy from film school, um, Jody Hill, which they've continued to collaborate. They do all their stuff together. Yeah. Um, and uh, they made it for like seventy grand, and it went to Sundance, and then Will Ferrell bought it. Oh wow. Okay. Um, and then that kind of launched his career. He went on to do Hot Rod and Tropic Thunder, mm-hmm. and you know, do his, more of his own movies and shows and stuff. Um, but it is about a Taekwan Taekwondo instructor, um, played by Danny McBride. And it's exactly what you kind of expect. It's just mm. it's a just hilarious comedy where he's playing you know, he's he's Danny McBride, like he's he's playing the character that you see him kind of play in most of his films. Yeah. Um and it's just great. It's hilarious. It uh it's a really um <sighs> great time it's funny because like i never i never kind of thought about why i liked danny mcbride so much but um after listening to the interview and then watching this movie he's he's basically playing like a southern douchebag yeah kind of person um and i think that's what works so well for me is like it's (laughs) it's kind of a character that is believable like it's so ridiculous but like it's someone you know yeah you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um it's funny because like his his, the whole dynamic between him and his wife in this movie actually reminded me a lot of the movie fireproof that me and zach talked about in our movies we hate episode (laughs) Yeah. Uh, which is a very like (laughs) Christian film. It's about like, you know, fireproofing your marriage and not getting divorced and whatever. And, um, and his dynamic with his wife in this movie is so, uh, it just feels like the same kind of dynamic. Yeah. Uh, it's like, um, you know, someone trying to portray what people are like in real life, but you know, it's obviously a parody. Whereas yeah. like in a Christian film, it you know, they think it's real and they're they're not trying to make a parody. But in in context of it being a parody in Foot Fist Way, it feels like the same kind of movie. Yeah. So I was like on my letterbox, I was like, This would be a great double feature with Fireproof. <laughs> 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 um, and uh yeah, it's a really great time. Yeah. Um I would definitely check it out. I think it's on Pluto, nice. okay free yeah. streaming service out there. Um, mm. And then I also bought Hot Rod on Blu Ray a few That's days ago. Cool. I haven't rewatched it, but I'm excited to go back. I've and never seen see Hot Rod. That. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's good. I know I need it's to. Bill me. Hader's in it. I like Bill Hader. Yeah,
1: yeah. You like it's, Andy Samberg? Got- I love Andy Samberg.
0: Yeah, I think you would like Hot ride. I think. I bet I would, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of what I've been watching lately. Yeah. Um. How about you?
1: I've been watching a few things from this year. I've been, you know, we've moved back home, so we've got a little bit more help with, like, being able to go out and see stuff. So... The, I went to made the unfortunate decision to go and see Meg to the Trench, or is it a British <laughs> have critic. First one I have, yeah, and I <laughs> looked at my review before. Well, my star rating after I'd come out, and it was the same as this, which was one out of five. So I don't think I'm a fan of the Meg films, um, but there's something in there that I think is very entertaining, which is yeah. like a different part of it. Um, one critic in England called it Meg Poo the Stench. <laughs> which I like a lot. That's kind of the, the thing I keep going back to. Um, it's it's a, a co-Chinese production, um, which is problematic in its own ways. Um, so it's, it's ridiculous. There's so much in this film that makes no sense and is like eye-rollingly bad. Um, at some points, I'm like, they must just be leaning into it because I don't feel like this could be legitimately... As bad as this, without them knowing it, you know. Yeah. There's some lines that are just like so poorly delivered. There's some set pieces that are so ridiculous. I mean, in the trailer, he holds a shark away from him with his foot, a meg, and it's like that would not lit. That would not
0: happen. <laughs> none of but this. Would, I mean, it, none of this like, would happen. But uh, you know, I mean, do they just see it as like a step above Sharknado?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's got to be, right? Yeah. It's got to just be like a bigger budget Sharknado, which is exactly what it goes for. Um, It's like my eyes were rolling so hard that like, I was watching the film Your eyes were through hitting. the back of my head. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, I was constantly just like, oh my God, that's horrible. That's horribly delivered. <laughs> what is happening here? Um, But I had a blast <laughs> and that came out of it. Like, smiling.
0: Is it like one of those, like, you give it one star, but you gave it a heart?
1: Yeah, not quite. pretty much. I mean, yeah. I was like, it. I had a really good time laughing at the ridiculousness of the film. Yeah. And if they were to do a Meg 3, um, I would go.
0: Yeah.
1: I would go and see it. You know, it's something that I don't really want to watch again. Um, And it's not made particularly well, I don't think. But it's a good time.
0: Yeah. Um, nice. Well, it sounds like you had a better time than i did in last voyage of the demeter
1: yeah yeah i mean the like i said the film itself is pretty is very poor the script especially is absolutely terrible yeah but it's like laughably bad
0: yeah Um, good bad yeah
1: and then chelsea and i caught up with no hard feelings and the jennifer lawrence 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 jennifer lawrence um x like r-rated comedy yeah you know that um got a lot it got a lot of publicity i feel like when it came out i feel like a lot of people were talking about it and like very surprised that she was in it and after seeing it i am also very surprised that she decided to do it um it's such a weird film i don't really it's it's never like sweet Mm. and like you know i don't know it always feels wrong yeah because she's trying to basically sleep with like a 17 year old to get a car and it just feels very weird and they try and like you know joke it up a little bit and and make it seem that it's just a it's not a really big deal but you just I just can't get past it I'm just like this is weird yeah and gross and it's like they can't really do like a like actually he's the guy that she's been looking for all along because he's like half her age yeah, so it that even that would be weird, you know. Right. And there's some very poorly written, like backstory. It's for her, and um, it's I just didn't really laugh. And for like yeah. this kind of like, I've been begging for this kind of film to come back. You know, I I, I do enjoy these, you know, raunchy comedies, but um, just didn't do it. hm so I give it two out of five. Um, there is Damn. a scene that's got a lot of attention on like social media where she has a fight completely naked, which is very bizarre when it happens. Again, you're just like, <laughs> what? <laughs> what is
0: happening here? <laughs> it's so weird. That is weird. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's like, is it just the times?
1: I don't know if it's just the time. I mean, I just, I didn't even find it that funny. You know, yeah. that's the, that's the biggest thing. I think that if it was like, I think of a few years ago we were talking about um, like these kind of R-rated comedies making their way back into the mainstream potentially. There was like Blockers and like Game Night yeah. uh-huh. and stuff that was like, yeah, these are actually really funny and really like, they work really, really well. And then they kind of died off and it's like, if this is what we're getting instead, like I'd rather just go back and watch Blockers. Yeah. Because that was such a good time.
0: Tag. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, But I mean, it's would this have worked in 2006? Um, would 2006 Lewis like this movie? Maybe if,
1: yeah, I mean, well, I was 15, No, I was 25 at that point. So, mm, probably not. I think if I was like 15, I would have been like, hell yeah.
0: <laughs> no, 2006, you would have been. No, you would have 2006, been.
1: 2006, I would have been 15, yeah. Yeah. I thought, did you say 2016 or 2006?
0: I said 2006. Oh.
1: Then, yeah, it might have worked for me.
0: Yeah. I probably would have been more like,
1: yeah. Hmm.
0: But... eh, We should ask some 15-year-old boys if they like this movie. Yeah. yeah, We'll just
1: approach them, get them into (laughs) a screening room, and then (laughs) get their feedback. Um, It does have Friend of the Show, Matthew Broderick, in it, though. Oh. Yeah, which was nice. Is he the dad? Yeah, he is the dad. Yeah, looking very, I don't know, old. Old. <laughs> yeah, he's a little bit chubby and he's got like, kind of like shoulder length graying hair.
0: Hmm.
1: It seem it's weird. Um. Yeah, and that's the other thing with him showing up. You're kind of reminded of like Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah. Which is like a really good like coming of age right. like teenage story. And this so is so it just kind like, of puts
0: you in that mindset of like, hey, calm down. We're here to yeah. laugh. Yeah. But then you're like, eh, it's yeah, crazy though. Yeah, <laughs>
1: exactly. So the whole time you're kinda of like oh no. you know, should I laugh at that's not? I don't know. Nah. Um and I don't think I'm a prude. I don't think I'm someone that kind of necessarily is like is woke, you know, but Yeah. It just yeah, I didn't find it that funny.
0: So it's still kinda Yeah. Icky. weird. Because if the roles were reversed Yeah, it would yeah. It would be uh
1: cancelled yeah exactly um and that's kind of what that like that's what i was thinking after i was like if it was reverse would it have made any difference and then like yeah, i was like no it probably wouldn't have even been made it would have just been this like horrible middle-aged actor that's you know trying to get it off the ground to basically play a heartthrob that gets to sleep with a younger girl yeah um so yeah so after those two films, I kind of lost the will to live on new releases. <laughs> so I went back a hundred years and watched Greed from nineteen twenty-four, um, which has been on my to watch list for for such a long time. Um so I finally decided to to tick it off. and um, directed by Eric von Stroheim who plays the butler in um Sunset Boulevard, um, based on a book that he apparently filmed every page for um at great expense. And then the studio kind of took it and like Chopped it up, cut it down from I think it was it like 14 hours long or something down to like two and a half. Wow. Um, yeah, he was planning to do like double nights, so you'd have to go on like Friday and Saturday night, part one on Friday, part two on Saturday.
0: Interesting,
1: and spend like 12 hours in a cinema in over two days. Um, and it is, I mean, that yeah, yeah, I would be there for it. The film that survives. It, uh, he didn't like very much and didn't really want to see, um, but it's I think it's really good. It tells the story really well, um, but then when you do some reading, you find out kind of what was cut out. It does add a lot to it. You can see that it would have been like uh, really, really powerful commentary on like greed and yeah money and what it does to common people and stuff like that. Um, but I'm glad I've finally ticked off. It was like my white whale for a while. It was the film that I really wanted to see that wasn't widely available. Um, yeah. And then I just found it on YouTube, which I seem to neglect for like <laughs> silent films. They're all there. Yeah, yeah. In really good restorations as well. So Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just found it on YouTube and kind of watched it over
0: a couple of days So, So is it kind of like a thesis on greed?
1: Kind of. Yeah, it's like it tells the story of this like two of uh, this couple um and on their wedding day she wins um she wins the lottery. She wins about five thousand pounds, I think, which is I, I looked it up equivalent to maybe around like thirty thousand dollars, no, uh-huh. three hundred thousand dollars, something like that. It was, you know, it's not like a, it's a lot of money. It's not like a life changing amount of money. Yeah. Um. Um. And she's come from poverty and stuff, so she is wary to spend any of it. So she basically just hides it away, and they descend slowly into poverty. Nice. Um, won't spoil the ending because it it's really good. But yeah, I was like, wow, this is an interesting take on it. You know, yeah, um, yeah, yeah it's good. So greed
0: <laughs> get you some,
1: yeah. <laughs> um, apart from those films though, that's everything that we've been watching normally. Um, apart from one film, and that is going to be our feature presentation. The Purple Rose of Cairo, from 1985. The tagline is, she's finally met the man of her dreams. He's not real, but you can't have everything. And the letterbox summary goes, Cecilia is a waitress in New Jersey, living a dreary life during the Great Depression. Her only escape from her mundane reality is the movie theatre. After losing her job, Cecilia goes to see the Purple Rose of Cairo in hopes of raising her spirits, where she watches dashing archaeologist Tom Baxter time and again. Less of a summary, more of just like a setup. I would say that for that, um, yeah. Uh, Tom Baxter then proceeds to remove himself from the film, come into the real life, um, and yeah, runs amok Falls <laughs> in, in New love. Jersey. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, as I said at the top, pick this film due to the influence on Woody Allen on Noah Baumbach, and I know that um, Zach and yourself had talked about this film. Um, while I was away moving. um, And it was a a Woody Allen film that I hadn't seen. Um, So I was eager to take it off the list, and this seemed like the perfect opportunity. And I know that you're not a huge fan of Woody Allen. Um, So let's start with that. Um, What did you think going into this film? Were you apprehensive?
0: Um, I mean... I figured it would be something I would like. Zach's pretty good at um curating. Yeah. Yeah. Um and yeah, he also knew that uh I wasn't sold on Woody Allen yet. You know, mm-hmm. I haven't haven't seen enough that I'm like Yeah, he is really good, you know. It's like yeah. um Nothing just, like, clicked with me yet. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, I've seen a couple of his newer films and maybe a couple of his older films. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so... But then, as soon as it starts, I mean, it starts with a movie poster and then the movie theater and then this waitress, you know, working at her diner and... Yeah. Clearly, it's a tough job. Clearly, she hates it, but she's just like talking about movies, and that's like what gives her life. Yeah. And she's, yeah. Uh, I guess, it's her sister in the movie. You're not, you don't know at first. You think it's just her friend um, that they're just talking about movies. And I was like, oh, it's me and Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> Um Yeah. But yeah, I mean, just I like the. I was sold on the movie just right away. Sweet. I mean, it just completely sucked me in such a, I mean it's all about mo it's a movie about the movies yeah. and yeah. someone who's just obsessed with movies and um you know uses it to escape her mundane terrible poor life, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. And um yeah, I thought it was incredibly funny. Like I was just laughing throughout the whole thing um it, it it's the movie like the movie so much happens like the movie doesn't spend the the movie doesn't waste any time every no. scene is super yeah. entertaining and, and and very to the point and um and direct and uh engaging um, like one of the first scenes after you know you kind of open uh, with her is like her uh, meeting up with her husband who's just playing with his boys you know doesn't have a job she's trying to tell him about a potential job and he's like "Oh, I already talked to them and s- setting him up as kind of this terrible husband character and he's played by Danny Aiello who is great mm-hmm. you know so that right away i was like oh he's here cool this is this is cool and he plays yeah. such a good like asshole <laughs> yeah, he does yeah and, and um and then you, also one of the first scenes where she she's sitting at the movie theater uh watching a movie it opens with the rko logo which immediately i was like yeah rko cuz <laughs> like we kind of based yeah. our logo our, our logo is inspired... I wouldn't say we based it, but our logo is kind of inspired yeah. by the RKO radio picture logo. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just had a great time not to like just God. say everything I think about yeah. it yeah. right off the bat, but I mean... Yeah, amazing, funny, engaging movie. Loved all the characters, and um, yeah, also very... Similar to Barbie, yeah, in a lot of ways, yeah. You know about Mm -hmm. this fictional character coming into the real world,
1: yeah, yeah. I think it's a very um, interesting kind of theme. It's you know how how will they survive? This Barbie is is very much concerned about how they're surviving with the world around them, like how they respond to it. Whereas this is more how other people respond to them. You know they they're just like, no, okay, I can. You know, I've got loads of money I can do. You know, this is new. It normally fades to black, you know, but hey, I'm excited to see it. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's a different kind of viewpoint. Um, I went into this with a lot of hope. I was looking forward to it because, like I said, I, I watched a lot of Woody Allen films when I was younger, kind of really got into um, his style of comedy and, and things like that. Um, Annie Hall is one of my favourites. Love Annie Hall, yeah. um, So I was excited to go and see this. Don't know how it's passed me by. And similar to you, I like I love the setup. I, the thing I do like about Woody Allen is he doesn't waste time. Yeah, Every, like everything is like boom, 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 boom. Like everything adds to the plot and is very, um, very relevant to what is happening around the characters. Um, he also has a way to. I don't think all his jokes land, but I think the ones that do are really funny. Yeah, um, for sure. And I like his kind of his view on everything. Um and once you know his themes, uh, you know, <laughs> it's easy to see his films kind of carry on through that that vein all the way through. You know, there's the there's always the kind of the sex aspect to it and there's the the um questioning our existence. <laughs> yeah. And like what what life means and things like that. Um which is which is really good. Um, obviously stars Mia Farrow. Um, and I think that, you know, we'd be amiss if we didn't like talk well, not talk about, but just mention the fact that obviously Mia Farrow and Woody Allen were married for a while and it ended in a in a court case that was very um lengthy and, you know, a lot has been made of it and there's still a lot of discourse around it. We're not here to pass judgment or kind of say that anybody, you know, say what's right. That's not for us to say. Um, but obviously, talk about Woody Allen, we we can't really skim over it. I don't think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think we're going to try and separate it. I just wanted to mention it, in case people
0: are like, you know, you didn't mention it. Yeah, I exactly. mean, I don't even know that much. Yeah, I, I've never really dug into it, and um, yeah, you know, that's also part of the reason why I haven't really watched any Woody Allen movies yeah. because yeah. he's like. uh I wouldn't say he's not relevant anymore because he is relevant in terms of like, um, I mean, Barbie just made a billion dollars at the box office and Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach are heavily inspired by Woody Allen. And I don't think Barbie would be the movie it is without his Mm -hmm. influence. So there's that, you know, but it's not it's not like he's somebody that I'm like, I think his filmography is so dense and yeah. I've already got so many other filmmakers that I'm into yeah. that it's like, do I really want to, like, dive into this? And
1: Yeah, and I think an even the most, like, <laughs> you know, flag-waving Woody Allen fan would tell you that there's there's ups and downs. There's films yeah. that are, there's, like, periods that are really great and there's periods that are, like, really bad. Yeah. Um. So you kind of have to, you know, pick and choose what's for you, you know? Yeah. Um, and he pretty much makes a movie a year, you know, and he's still... Going at that rate, so there's a lot to consume and to kind of whittle down to what you do like and what you don't like.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but when he's good, he's really good, which I like. Right. Um. Yeah. So Mia Farrow plays Cecilia, um, a very naive kind of cinema goer. Um, I think that she was really good. I I really like Mia Farrow. Yeah. I really like the no. Yeah, the chemistry. Thought-
0: She's awesome, like... Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no. <laughs> the chemistry.
1: Yeah, I mean, the chemistry between her and Jeff Daniels, who we'll get onto in a minute, Yeah, um, is great, you know, for both of his characters. For both Tom Baxter and um, Gil Shepard.
0: Yes. Um, yeah, she perfect. reminded me of, like... She kind of re- reminded me of, like, my grandmother and my aunt. Mm. And my great-aunt, like, just... The way they talk about movies and movie stars and, uh, you know, the excitement around it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. um, It's infectious.
1: She's such a stereotypical kind of moviegoer to me. I imagine that if you were a movie star of the 30s, this would be the person that, like, the studio bosses would be like, we're making it for Cecilia in New Jersey. She's the one that's going to go and see this rain (laughs) or shine, you know? And everyone would be like, yeah. yeah, that's right. She'd just be like a, you know, like a, a name to a faceless body. She's just anybody. You know? Yeah. But this is a perfect encapsulation of what, who that person is.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, and she loves the movies, which as a, as a movie lover, I'm like, yay. Good for yeah, you. Exactly, yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then it's just so easy to hate Danny Aiello. I know. I
1: I do feel that Danny Aiello is the weaker of the three cast members. Really? There's yeah. Yeah, I don't know what it is. There's a few times that I was just like I don't know whether it's because Jeff Daniels is so good in this film that everyone is like pale by comparison. Yeah. Um but yeah, there's
0: just I don't know. I thought he was perfect. I thought he would just, I thought he, he I thought he did exactly what he needed to do yeah. with that maybe character. Maybe the
1: maybe it was more the character that was a bit one-dimensional.
0: Yeah, I mean he did yeah, he's yeah. definitely he's definitely um there as like a plot device, I guess. Yeah. You know, there's not mm-hmm. there's not a ton of depth to his character, but he's like I mean he, there's no th- yeah, there's nothing likable about him. No. You're just no. like ah, this guy's shitty. <laughs> you know, he is. Yeah, he's just a typical shitty husband. Yeah, and you know, it's like it's interesting because I was thinking too, like people are up in arms. Well, I, you know, some people, I guess, mm. uh, you know, trying to say that like Barbie is like anti-men, and. They forget about like all these other movies. Yeah. Like, yeah. bro, like, what about movies like this?
1: Yes. Mm hmm.
0: Where if it's just you, yeah. like a casual, like, where it's casual abuse. Yeah. You know, just, talk, you know, makes excuses for slapping her around. Like, yeah. I give you a warning. And then if you don't shape up, then I slap you around. <laughs> yeah. Where's you the know? meatloaf
1: from last night? It was pretty yeah. good. But I think. <laughs> I mean, Bro. Every it's man like, that she comes in contact with that isn't imaginary or like from the cinema is a jackass.
0: Yeah. That's but, reality, I guess. Yeah. It's also depicting the nineteen thirties. It is. But yeah, you know, I mean uh I mean we've come we've come uh a few steps forward in terms of like you can't just walk around talking about smacking your wife, but you can do it in private still. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, there's that. (laughs) Yes. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, not to go on a tangent, but it's just like, you know, if you're, I don't know. (laughs) Just, I'm just imagining, just like these like thin-skinned men that just like see Barbie and then, and it's like, not worth. Yeah, stop it's not picking worth. at me. Like I know it's know, just right? not worth.
1: <laughs> like yeah, <laughs> it's just not worth like thinking about because it would get you super angry. And also like I know that we talked about this last week and we're going back at the Barbie, but the the other side that are like it's not feminist enough. It's like, it is. It is. You know. It. Yeah. It's such. Yeah. It forward-thinking film. Um. Yeah. Uh. This itself is is very. I think pro women. Ironically, the but Purple like, Rose of Cairo.
0: hmm Yeah.
1: And just yeah. You know,
0: it's it's very sad. It is sad. Yeah. It is sad because it 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 shows. I mean, yeah. I mean, there there are women with jobs in this movie, but they're not great jobs.
1: No, just being constantly kind of threatened with being replaced. Yeah, the whole time. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, she's just like talk, spoken down to, and like everything. it's just yeah. The movies are the escape. Yeah, and the when you get into the cinema, like that whole scene of her like. Buying a ticket and getting a bag of popcorn and like going in, it's so childlike. Yeah, it's like you know, shot from like waist height, so it's kind of at the you know eye level of a child. It's very like, oh my god, she's gonna go and see the film. You know, it's very exciting. Um, and like I said, the arcade, lo- the RK logo comes up, and it's <laughs> for the film buffs. It's time for us, and boy, does the Purple Rose of Cairo look like an old movie?
0: Yeah, it yeah. looks
1: brilliant. You yeah, know, it because does, sometimes yeah. they try and recreate it. And it just it looks digital, you know. It looks like it's just been turned black and white on an iPhone. And this looked grainy and like you know the costumes and the sets look great and yeah, um, yeah, it's perfect.
0: Yeah, well, and the mo- and the movie itself, like *Purple Rose of Cairo*, looks like an old movie. But then yeah. also, I mean, this movie was made in the '80s, so it's shot on film. But like you know, it it the the newer films of Woody Allen that I've seen it they have the same flavor of characters and dialogue and stuff, mm. but the, the look of the film just in general, I feel like it fits this style so much better than like yeah. his newer stuff. Oh, definitely. it's just too clean. Definitely. Looking. Just like, yeah. Mm.
1: It needs a bit of dirt. It needs a bit of grime. Yeah.
0: yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, the movie looks, the purple Rose of Cairo looks like an old movie. Like you said, uh, and at first, I was like, "Is this an old movie?" And they're just know, like using yeah. footage from it. Um, but then one of the characters I recognize—I'm not sure what his name is. I'm trying to find it. Uh, doesn't help when their pictures aren't on IMDb. <laughs> but um, I don't know—he plays like the the rich woman's husband. Hmm. Um. And I know I've seen him in a lot of stuff. I want to say I've seen him in like Richie Rich. <laughs> yeah, like that's yeah. what's popping. He's like the dad on Richie Rich or something. <sighs> um, I can't think of the actor's name.
1: Was he in Gilmore Girls as well? Is
0: that that sounds right? Same person, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I was like, okay, I know this is this is not a, actually an old movie. They're just making it look old. And then Jeff yeah. Daniels, holy crap. Was I've never seen him in anything where I he's, like, yeah. this young. And yeah. I was like, whoa, this is, like, a different person. Uh-huh. I know. He looks like
1: a Hollywood leading man, which yeah. I don't think I've ever thought of before.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's more, like, you think of him more of, like, a character actor or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. more
1: of, you know, like a sidekick or a character actor, you know, um, not as, like, a dashing leading man.
0: Right, um, yeah. Charming young a- boy.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, and for me, I think that he gives the best performance. I think that it's award-winning worthy performance.
0: Absolutely, both of
1: these characters. Um, I think. I mean, the scene in the in the brothel is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Just his, you know, wide-eyed <laughs> amazement <laughs> at everything. Yeah. Um, his performance there is fantastic all the way through. He's it's really good.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, he's just so like. I don't know. I hesitate to use the word boyish, I guess, because he's not a, like a small boy, you know, mm-hmm. but I guess compared to like the other things I've yeah. seen him in, like, I, I'm pretty sure the first thing I ever saw Jeff Daniels in was the four and a half hour long Gettysburg movie <laughs> <laughs> that, you know, like I wasn't allowed to see dumb and dumber, but I saw yeah. the four and a half hour movie on Gettysburg. <laughs> 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 and and he's such a man in that movie yeah, like he has yeah. like the biggest mustache you've ever seen in your life yeah and that's that's always what I have thought of him as mm-hmm. like anything I've ever seen him in after that I'm like it's that guy with the mustache but he doesn't have the mustache <laughs> <laughs> So it's just so different, you know, yeah. but he is like, he's so charming. He's so fun to be around and infectious mm-hmm. and like, I don't know. It's just so fun.
1: He is. And I think that I'm not, I wasn't used to him. I don't know. Not at all. I wasn't kind of like a huge fan, um, but yeah, he's he's so good. So good. Um, surprisingly so. Not in like a, you know, if there's any fans of Jeff Daniels out there or, you know, whatever. I'm sorry, but I've never been like a huge fan. So yeah, this kind of turned it around a lot.
0: Are you a fan of Dumb and Dumber? Uh,
1: No, I watched it. (laughs) I don't think I watched it young enough.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I watched
1: it when I was older and I just did not find it funny at all. For a fan of Jim Carrey, who I think is a a comedy genius um dumb and dumber is not the one (laughs) for me you know i don't know i don't really i'm not a fan of people playing dumb yeah in general not the character (laughs) um (laughs) but yeah not for me yeah no i feel you which is probably why this was such a surprise
0: yeah exactly Yeah. yeah yeah um yeah, it's been a long time since I've seen Dumb and Dumber. I would have to go back and rewatch it, but yeah. I feel like it would feel weird now watching it.
1: Yeah, I think I watched it rather recently, not recently recently like within the last 10 years. Yeah. Um and
0: yeah. And they did do a sequel, didn't they? They like, in they the definitely last did. Of
1: years. Yeah. Dumb and Dumber 2 spelled T-O. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. Uh. But the, again, the Dumb and Dumber poster is the poster that I saw everywhere. As a yeah,
0: exactly, yeah. So, it must it's have like been I huge. feel like that's as, as, almost as famous as Jeff Daniels himself.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, dear. But, yeah. Surprisingly, it was great. I did want to give a shout-out to Stuart Wurzel, who was the production designer for this film, yeah um, yeah, I just everything was great. Yeah. Like the the look of it, I loved you know, the old cinema, the 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 place that they lived look, you know, like a Hooverville or whatever they were called, the kind of the shanty towns that everyone had to live in during the depression. Not everyone, but the the worst off. Um yeah, it looked great.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean everything yeah. about it, all the all the set pieces, everything. Yeah, the apartment, the the town, inside the movie, the movie mm-hmm. theater. I mean, that's what hooked me right away. it Was just yeah, theater. I knew. Like, bro. I did
1: have a feeling. I was like, I think this would be something that you know you would like. When I was watching it, I was like, but Brandon's enjoying this bit. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, I did. I did, man. I I just had such a good time with it. I thought all the I liked all the jokes landed for me. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Um, just like you know when Tom first comes out of the the screen and like the lady screams and faints, it's just like <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> um, all the different movie characters arguing over like who's the most important character of the movie. I know, yeah. They mm-hmm. all have main character syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> um, the part where they're like, "Don't turn off the projector." I know, yeah, it gets. I so just look like. <laughs> the throwaway
1: lines about when they're kind of trying to decide like the studio boss and the are like it's happened a few other places he's trying to break out other places as well but yeah. like, this is just going to turn into some kind of you know epidemic where it's just loads of Tom Baxter's yeah. running around in New York
0: yeah the, yeah there was a one there was one line is like uh, I think I wrote it down um, I don't know There's there's a line where a reporter is like he's just like, says something about, you want another guy running around? <laughs> like just single guy, you know, yeah. one guy running <laughs> around is like, yeah. like terrible. Just one mm-hmm. extra person here in this town is just going <laughs> to be like, you want that? <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, The, the, the quote that I wrote down was more about like the, like, I feel like I said earlier, there was like these the sort of things that kind of snuck in, as jokes, like the quote about like God and religion about when they go to the church and Cecilia's like, this is a church, you know, this is where God lives. And she's like, talk about something much bigger than that. Like, cause he thinks it's the, the writers, um, the writers. Yeah. Um, a reason for everything. Otherwise it would be like a movie with no point and no happy ending. Um, and she does not get a happy ending.
0: Yeah. It's like, does the movie have a point or a happy ending? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. yeah.
1: no, <laughs> So, but, I mean, I know Woody Allen is very kind of... He questions God a lot, but I like those themes. I like that kind of, you know, subtlety. It's not like, if God was here, I would have ended up with the right person. Yeah. You know, it was very kind of, you know, subtle when you look at it.
0: Yeah, because she doesn't... She's not like... um... Cecilia as a character, she's not like... uh really questioning things she's not like why have you done this to me god why is life this way why this why that you know she just kind of deals with life she goes to her job and she's got you know she's got the one thing that she enjoys which is the movies Mm -hmm. and yeah and she accepts it you know that's just the way it is the way things are
1: yeah um and obviously she can't choose i mean at the end for people that haven't really seen it, she has to choose between the fictional Tom Baxter um, and the actor who plays Tom Baxter in real life, Gil Shepard. Um, and obviously she can't choose Tom because he's fictional <laughs> yeah. and like, lives in a movie that will be turned off. Um, you know, The projector will be turned off as soon as he returns to it. So she chooses Gil just to find out that he was only doing it to get Tom to go back into the movie pretty much. Yeah. Um, and he leaves town and leaves it kind of high and dry. Uh, and it's got the f- like a phenomenal last shot where she goes in, you know, she kind of goes in to see a Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers musical. And it's just, it just holds on her face as she's watching it. And there's like a kind of, you know, she's sad and upset and stuff, but there's a kind of peace that she's back where she feels the most comfortable in front of the cinema screen. Yeah. Um, Which is really beautifully done. Yeah. Um I know that um after the film was previewed, um like the test audiences said that if the the ending was changed, you know, it could have been it would have been even better like if she'd actually ended up with someone um but Alan refused, saying that like the way that it ends is the reason he made it.
0: Yeah. I I, is... I like the ending. I, I think Me it, too. Yeah. You know, it's depressing, yeah, but it's not like you don't necessarily feel like um i don't know for a film that is so
1: fantastical (laughs) it's kind of like it's it makes sense you know at the end of it you're like okay this is kind of the most realistic way that this film could have ended
0: yeah and it is open-ended because it's like she has all her stuff packed yeah she might not go back to her husband, more. hopefully, yeah. but you don't you know it's like she might,
1: yeah, yeah, you, you get a feeling that she'll probably be stuck in this routine forever, you know, yeah, um, but at least she'll always have the movies, yeah, 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 um, I do like the way that she kind of woos Gil Shepherd though by telling him how great he is, uh-huh, and just kind of feeding into his <laughs> psyche of like you should play more dramatic roles. I think you should be the leading man more. He's like, Yeah. Oh my God,
0: yes. <laughs> Do you think that all that was real, though? Was he just playing it up?
1: I think that that part was probably real. Yeah. You know, um, but I think that probably once he realized that he was going to get Tom Baxter back into the film and his career would be okay, um, that he would be fine. Yeah. So... And uh yeah, I mean they mentioned Fatty Arbuckle as well, which kinda thumbs of up from me. So mm. when they're talking when did about they, mention? Getting, they I think it's his is it his agent that's like, there's a Tom Baxter running around and he might be, you know, assaulting women women and killing people and we all know what happened to Fatty Arbuckle. Ah. Uh. And Gil's like, <laughs> Okay, I'll I'll jump, I'll go there right away.
0: <laughs> yeah. I like the part where like the the opening scene with um Gil Shepard where you see uh, Jeff Daniels as Gil Shepard, the actor, mm-hmm. he's like talking about his career, and he's like, "You should really talk to my dialogue coach. He's he's a genius." And then in the same, like, I think it's the same shot. Like by the time yeah. you get to the end of the scene, he's like, "I'm gonna sue my dialogue coach." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, great. it's pretty great. Um, <laughs> I also liked the. Jo- I mean, I guess it's a joke. It's maybe not really a joke. It's probably pretty, pretty true where she's yeah. where they're like, um, they can't pay for their dinner. And he's like, we got to make a run for it. And she's like, I can't run. My ankles are bad from waitressing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's there's, pretty intense.
1: Yeah. There's a few like really well written, like you said, just they're not even jokes. It's just kind of the way the words are assembled yeah that are just humorous you know and he's got a really good eye for putting them in the right order yeah you know making them seem um entertaining and i I like the fact that even though it was just i mean making a comment on what we see every day now it's just people sitting around in a room playing cards that people are just sitting (laughs) watching it happen Like, oh, we just enjoy watching real life. (laughs) (laughs) All the patrons of the cinema are just kind of Uh, watching it on the screen. Yeah. Even though they're just (laughs) arguing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because there's like the lady, yeah, arguing about um, her husband can't. Yeah. uh, What does she say? He can't. He's not good with real people or something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And She's like, well, what about so-and-so, your son-in-law or your stepson or whoever it he has trouble
1: making conversation yeah <laughs> he's not good with real people
0: <laughs> um and then there's like a scene at the end where they're talking about like getting married and I don't it's like a throwaway line but one of the one of the movie characters is like the Bible never says a priest can't be on film <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: I love the way uh, he pops up as well in that scene where he's just kind of, kind of blocking the camera shot. Uh-huh. He doesn't like it. Just you know, pops up because they need him and kind the of thing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. It's such such a great time. Such a fun mm-hmm. movie. I'm definitely going to watch it a few more times.
1: Me too. Yeah, it kind of made me um, nostalgic for you know discovering more early Woody Allen, I guess. You know, the first time I watched Manhattan and stuff, I was like, wow, this is cool. This is, you know, the kind of films that I've been looking for. So yeah, Um probably going to go back and try and tick a few more off some of the earlier ones that I haven't seen. Because um, this was a really good time. Mm-hmm. Had a great time. So I do you know. want to go through and guess what the other person had rated this on? Yeah. Letterboxd.
0: Let's do it.
1: Cool. Okay. I'll go first. I think I had a really good time with it. I think you gave it a 4 out of 5.
0: Alright. I think you gave it a 4 out of (laughs) 5. You would be correct. I did give it a 4 out of 5. Nice. I gave it a 5.
1: Ooh, okay, cool.
0: I really liked it. Yeah, it's
1: great. Yeah, yeah, it is. I think, yeah, I think for me, like I said, the Danny Aiello character, I didn't think he was super well-written. Yeah. But, I mean, he didn't have to be. I understand that, you know. Um, yeah, I don't know what it was. Maybe, again, something I just need to watch again. I was too busy worrying about the story to pay attention to the film as a whole. <laughs> Need to go and watch it again and then I'll be I'll be bumping up. But yeah, a, a yeah. good solid four.
0: Yeah, that's a good number. Yeah.
1: Um, watch it, people. Yeah, it's really, really good. Um, a really entertaining trip into the movies. And obviously, is very much like Sherlock Jr. Mm. Which, Al- which Alan said was not an inspiration at all, but...
0: It's yeah. Be. <laughs> it's yeah, right? Be. Yeah. Yeah. Um So around. Around.
1: what are we going to be watching next week?
0: Are you ready for this? I hope so. Then we're going to keep keep going along with the same theme here. Ooh. We're going to watch from 1993 Last Action Hero.
1: For a split second, I was like when did dumb and dumber come out? <laughs> I think it was 94. Wow, <laughs> so, I was a bit worried. <laughs> pretty close. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Last Action Hero. Oh, I have seen this before. Yeah, I saw you yeah. didn't rate it very
0: highly, but yeah, well, it, this was a uh, long time ago. Yeah, this is a movie. I mean, I've seen it. It's been a really long time. Uh, I remember Zach saying something about it when we did our Seventh Steel episode. Yeah, and um. Yeah, I've just been watching more Schwarzenegger lately. Nice. And uh, wanted to. I, I watched his do- documentary also on Netflix, so was wanting cool. to go back and rewatch this. And it's perfect time because it's about an action movie character coming into the real world. Perfect. Flows through seamlessly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I love it. All right. Awesome looking forward to it that'll Me be too. next week um, so that brings us to the end of the show for this week you can find the show on Twitter and Instagram at Film Church Radio and you can follow us individually on Letterboxed. Brandon is at Salmon Scope and I am at Walker Lewis 3007 you can keep up with what we've been watching there um, if you want to go ahead and send us some inf- you know, comments about the films that we're watching again please do we also have all of our back episodes streaming on our good po- podcast platforms, so you can go and check them out, leave us a rating review. All that good stuff. We'd love you for it. Um, thank you so much for being here. Um, thank you for watching the Purple Rose of Cairo with us, hearing us talk about it. And we hope to see you next week for more Film Church Radio. But, Brandon, the only thing left to say is... Tom Baxter's come down off the screen and he's running around New Jersey. What are you talking about? I just spoke to Ralph Hirsch. Nobody knows how it happened. And he's done it.
0: How could he do that? It's not physically possible.
1: In New Jersey, anything can happen.
0: (laughs) That it can. Amen. Amen. (laughs)